Hello, welcome to the Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane and it's Friday, January the 9th. As the world witnesses the shocking events in Gaza, this week's lead editorial takes a broader view about the effect of conflict on citizens in many parts of the world, such as Somalia or in Sudan, the Democratic Republic of Congo and Pakistan. And the editorial is critical of the impotence of the United Nations for failing to protect citizens in conflict situations across the world. The editorial concludes, If the Hippocratic Oath means anything, then all doctors, whatever their situation, specialty or seniority, should live up to this name by calling on their national governments and the international community, perhaps through their national medical organisations, to ensure that civilians, injured or affected by conflict, receive the medical attention they need, wherever these people may be in the world. Such action, the editorial says, is not an act of being humanitarian, it is what being a member of the medical profession is all about. But our feature this week concerns the reporting of AIDS cases, documented in a viewpoint. But is it still relevant a quarter of a century after the discovery of the virus, HIV, that causes AIDS? Particularly as HIV testing is widely available in many, but admittedly not all, settings. Earlier I spoke to John Calder from the University of New South Wales in Australia. Dr. Caldor, you're one of the authors of a viewpoint in this week's issue of The Lancet, and this concerns AIDS case reporting. Why and how was AIDS reporting set up in the first place? The cases of AIDS were the, really the, the first sign we had of, of this phenomenon that became known as the global HIV pandemic. I think that was 28 years down the track, we tend to forget that the era of AIDS when we didn't know, didn't know about HIV, it was actually quite a short period, only from 1981 to about 1983. And then the virus HIV was discovered to be the cause of AIDS. But still the reason that people were concerned about this virus was not because it was a virus alone which caused infection, but because it caused this horrific and almost uniformly fatal disease called AIDS. So in the beginning, we really didn't know what was going on. There was uh, this mystery syndrome, AIDS, which was uh, this complex of symptoms and diseases that were associated with immune dysfunction or in fact uh, uh, destruction of the immune system. These diseases were classified or, or became categorized under the heading of AIDS, the acquired immune deficiency syndrome, before we even knew what was causing them. When HIV was discovered, we had a whole new way of trying to track what was going on. But for the first couple of years, all that could be done would be to, was to count and classify and analyze these cases of AIDS, much as we do for other infectious diseases when we're trying to look at outbreaks or new conditions. And once it became known that HIV was the cause of AIDS, and historically that's around 1983, isn't it, two years after we first became really properly aware of AIDS, the disease, the outcome, if you like, why wasn't HIV testing rapidly developed to use as, as the way of doing case reporting for HIV rather than for actual AIDS outcomes itself? There are a number of reasons for that. For a start, it took a long time in many countries and, and, and certainly developing countries only relatively recently for HIV testing to become widely available. Some countries made it available quite quickly. Actually, Australia was one of the countries where uh, it was really possible for people at risk of HIV to, to get tested um, confidentially and, and without any cost in the very early, early stages. It certainly wasn't instantly widely available. So the first point was that uh, HIV testing wasn't being offered as, as, as much as it, it, it came to be later on. Secondly, there were a serious concern about confidentiality. 
we have to remember that HIV and AIDS were diseases that affected people uh, in many countries who were who faced discrimination for whether if they were gay men or uh, drug users or women involved in in sex work or, or people who were already uh, very sensitive to uh, social discrimination of various forms. And there was a lot of concern, and I think a justified concern, that the diagnosis of HIV, if it was reported to public health authorities, could be used in a manner that was, at the, at the very least, intrusive. And there was a concern that if we started reporting HIV cases, the reporting of such cases could lead to uh, human rights violations. There was actually a third reason as well, which is that, as I alluded to before, HIV testing was quite patchily available. It wasn't available to people uh, on a systematic basis and people didn't go and get tested and still don't get tested on a systematic basis apart from uh, some people who are, who are regularly, say, giving blood or people who have regular, regular tests for occupational reasons or, or people such as gay men in some parts of the world who have regular tests just because it's part of, of uh, their regular uh, sort of health maintenance. If people aren't being regularly tested, you might get a very patchy view of the epidemic by looking at HIV positive results because it'll depend very strongly on who gets tested and why they get tested. Where there was a thought that, in, in contrast, if you look at AIDS cases, the AIDS cases, even though they're only a subset of the HIV cases, because they're the ones that reflect people who develop advanced immunodeficiency, which leads to illness, there was a, a thought that they're, in a sense, less selected because they reflect people developing illness, but not anything about who gets tested or who gets access to testing. So for those reasons, uh, there was a bit of a reluctance in some countries to move to HIV reporting as the standard. Obviously, we're talking relatively historically there. I mean, bringing it up to today, early 2009 we are now, and if you like, the debate that, that surrounds this issue, how relevant is actual AIDS case reporting now in 2009, particularly in developed countries that actual... D uh, development of full immunodeficiency and AIDS does not often occur now if treatment is appropriate. It may well be different in, in poorer settings, obviously. You do have to look at the situation differentially between the, the resource-rich countries and the, and the resource-limited countries. That's certainly the case. In practice, many countries are still recording AIDS cases, but there are very few countries that are making use of them. And the main point I'm making in the article is that we should acknowledge that fact and, and, and actually look at why and how we've been reporting AIDS cases and, and probably stop using them on a systematic basis and focus primarily on the new diagnosis of HIV infection, which are the ones which are of interest from a public health perspective. So just to be clear, are you, are you basically calling for, for AIDS case reporting to, to, be, to be abandoned then or to be just used in a different way? There are two separate ways in which the AIDS cases uh, can be relevant. As a subset of HIV cases they are of interest. In other words, if someone is diagnosed with HIV because they develop AIDS, they've never been diagnosed with HIV before, but they appear at a doctor's office or an emergency department with a severe illness, uh, which looks like it might be HIV-related, then get tested and are found to have AIDS. So they bypassed HIV testing effectively, presented with AIDS, and only then were diagnosed with HIV retrospectively. Exactly, and, and they, they are, in a sense they can be seen as failures of the public health system because they, don't, they haven't had the opportunity to be diagnosed at an earlier stage, which could have benefited them from the point of view of their own health, but also could have led to the potential reduction of transmission. In that sense, those cases are of interest from a public health point of view, but as a subset of new HIV diagnoses, not as a list of AIDS cases in their own right. The problem is that 
we're still reporting AIDS cases that are occurring years and years and years after people have been diagnosed with HIV. The second category concerns people who've been diagnosed and treated for often extended time periods, but who for whatever reason ultimately do progress to developing AIDS in the course of often several rounds of different types of treatment. This can happen after years and years of treatment. And it's of interest to look at those cases because they reflect essentially the, the, the progression of, of disease in people who are being treated. And it's a very different scenario from people who are presenting for the first time with AIDS at the time of their first HIV diagnosis. The first category is essentially a, a, a public health interest because we're trying to make sure that people have access to HIV diagnosis. Whereas the second category is much more of clinical interest because it shows what's happening in the long term with people who are under treatment. Is what you're proposing in any way controversial? Because it strikes me that whatever you do in the HIV world normally ends up being controversial to someone or some party or other. There are certainly many controversies in our field, and that's one of the things that makes it uh, very challenging and interesting. My belief is that provided those two issues that I've raised are adequately addressed, in other words, provided we have a mechanism of looking at the issue of late presentation and, and what categories of people may be missing out on access to early testing and, and referral to treatments, that's the, the, the idea of, of looking at uh, AIDS as a, as a marker of late presentation. And secondly, as long as we have a way of tracking long-term outcomes of people who have been under HIV care and treatment for, for extended time periods and, and seeing if those treatment outcomes are, are uh, um, evolving in different ways or if different subgroups of the population are having different outcomes, as long as we can do those two things, then I don't think that should be particularly controversial. I think the really important thing is we don't inadvertently start to uh, send a message that, that AIDS somehow isn't important because the whole reason, of course, for trying to prevent HIV and trying to treat HIV infection is so that we can eliminate this disease. I don't think it's something which health departments are going to be feeling like they will lose much by dropping, but I think there'll be an inherent conservatism about keeping something that's been such a central part of the, the public health response to the HIV epidemic. I guess time will tell whether there's any sort of public health reluctance to simply strike it off the statute books as something which needs to be recorded separately, um, apart from those two contexts in which I... I indicated it, it needs to be retained. In some countries, uh, in, indeed in some parts of some countries, there is not a comprehensive system for HIV case reporting. So I think in, in Europe, several countries, I believe, including Spain and Italy, still don't have national case reporting systems for HIV, and they have, as the only case reporting systems on a national level, uh, reporting of AIDS cases. The same is true, I think, is still of some parts of the United States, although there has been a move in most states now to move towards HIV case reporting. And in those situations, there may be a reluctance to abandon AIDS case reporting until an HIV reporting system is in place. And, and so, so I can see that that situation may pose problems for public health authorities who, who might be seen as uh, abandoning uh, any, any means of tracking the, the epidemic if they cease the reporting of AIDS cases without the alternative being in place. John Caldor on the line from Sydney in Australia. Thank you very much indeed for talking to The Lancet. Pleasure. Dr John Caldor concluding this week's podcast. Many thanks for listening. See you next week.